You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, it's special coverage tonight of what we think could be the big ground invasion of uh, Gaza by Israel. Not quite sure yet exactly what is happening, but uh, something certainly is. Welcome to the 9 o'clock hour, and welcome to you, Christina Thompson. Great to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm Christina Thompson. You know, we're entering three weeks now of this war against Hamas, with uh, Israel fighting back against them after that terrible massacre in early October. And as you said, tonight really is supposed to be that sort of... Um, next phase of this fighting where they enter into Gaza, um, start taking troops out on the ground. And you have to wonder, how is that going to go on both sides? Because so many people have already died. Yeah, I know. This is uh, now we're looking live right now at Gaza. That is Gaza. Uh, we believe the shot is taken from Israel. Now, you can see this is not exactly a shock and awe right now. At least it doesn't look like there's much happening. However, a lot could be happening underground. A lot could be happening uh, that we can't actually see right now. They have said that this is an expansion of ground operations. That's the term they're using. Uh, and I'm anxious to know if uh, this is the big one or if we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. I mean, all fingers point to it. They have severed communication now. They've turned off cell service, Internet service. So it seems as if they are really ramping up and preparing to sort of cut off Hamas from their allies uh, in the region. We're thinking Syria, Iran, um, Lebanon. But let's turn now to Newsmax senior correspondent John Hadi. He is on the ground in Israel. John, what's the latest that you're seeing over there? Well, Christina and Greg, it's it's been a very active night and overnight. Uh, we're in the overnight hour here. I'm hearing a lot of helicopters, uh, presumably Apache gunships in the distance. I'm hearing Aurora fighter jets coming over and then the sound of explosions. We're in Ashkelon, so we're about maybe 10 miles, a little less than 10 miles from the northern point uh, of Gaza, so the northern border of Gaza. There's been a lot of explosions, some so pronounced it's rattling the windows of the hotel, and I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying that. So it's it, it's definitely um, an increase in activity that I've seen. I don't know if you can hear that, but it's like the rolling sound of thunder. And what that is is artillery fire, it's airstrikes, it's naval cannon fire. This, as the IDF says, it has uh, increased its overall ground operations. This is not the major ground offensive that we've been waiting on. Uh, this is basically these are raids where the IDF. Uh, since Thursday night, the IDF is going in with armored vehicles. We're talking about tanks. We're talking about APCs, combat engineering. So these are the troops that go in with the heavy D9 vehicles, the bulldozers that clear out, you know, sections of the fence. They clear out barriers. They clear out landmines. They clear out anti-tank missile positions, rocket launch positions. They also clear out and find the entrances of any tunnels. And this is, you're seeing a little bit of the video there from, I believe this was Thursday night. So these are some of the D9s you see going through the fence. That's a D9 right there. They clear out the obstacle and then behind them are the combat troops 
as part of the combat engineering corps and the ground troops, and then they go in and they take out any Hamas positions. They, and there's been active fighting, from what I'm told, between some of that the tanks going in there, opening fire on Hamas targets in Hanun, in Sajaiya. These are the basically the northern eastern parts of the Gaza Strip. This is the IDF is essentially softening up the targets for this major ground offensive. From what I'm hearing and what I'm told by my sources, really focusing on northern Gaza to take over northern Gaza and then push to the south. And the IDF, as we know, has been warning Gaza residents in the north, in Gaza City, to go south immediately as fast as they can in anticipation of this ground offensive. Wow. All That's right. Uh, so, John, I, I saw some video. They were actually, like, maybe paving the way for the ground troops to go in, but... They haven't right. gone in yet in a big way, right? That's going to happen. But this is pretty. Uh, this is pretty interesting. They're actually. It looks like they're carving a path for follow-on troops. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, that's that's essentially uh, from what we're what we're seeing. So they're really kind of clearing the way. They're clearing out any mines. Uh, for those ground troops and anticipation of this major ground offensive. Look, Greg, we, everybody's been asking, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? The IDF has said it's going to happen, but we're, we're doing it in a measured way. We're going to do it when, when we're ready. There's also been commando raids, as we know, naval commando raids in the south, uh, where they're taking out Hamas infrastructure, uh, command and control operations center, rocket launch points, not only in the north, but in Khan Yunus, which is the central part, and in the south as well. So, yeah, you're right. They're essentially paving the way for this major ground offensive. Well, John Huddy, man, you're right in the middle of a war. Be careful. Uh, we know you will be. And uh, thank you. Hey, uh, very quickly, uh, John, do you anticipate, do you have a guess as to when the, the main event is going to happen? I know it's kind of an obnoxious question, but is there a sense? Well, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of speculation about that. I mean, we, we heard last week it was possibly going to happen last week. I was hearing that commanders were giving their troops 12 hour leave to go see their families. And I was saying, OK, maybe that's an indication that something is brewing. Well, it is clearly something was brewing the expansion of the ground operations in preparation of the major ground offensive. But as far as a timetable, you know, it could be 24 hours. It could be 72 hours. I'm hearing a really loud explosion in the distance. Um, and by the way, it's it, there's a lot of smoke. I mean, you can't really see it from this perspective, but there's a haze of smoke because of the airstrikes, because of the ongoing combat. But to answer your question, I, I really, you know, I, I'd, I'd be I'd be hesitant to guess at this point. It's the IDF has been very tight lipped about what that timetable and time frame is, Greg. Yeah, I know. And we don't want to give anything away or anything along those lines. So, well, John Huddy, it's great to see you. And uh Hang Thanks, in there, man. Friend. All the best to uh, the folks in Israel. All right, let's bring, Thanks, buddy. Let's bring in now uh, Brigadier General Tony Tata, and we're also going to bring in a senior fellow for America's First Policy Institute, Fred Flights. Um, Fred, I want to give you this first question. So we just heard John talking about it, right? There's all of these raids happening. They're going in. They're doing these targeted raids um, against Hamas. We heard at first that it was to try to rescue um, a lot of these hostages that were taken. But I guess my question is, can we expect this ground defense to sort of look very similar to that with a, a bunch of very targeted, um, very specific raids that as they're going into Gaza to try to get not only the hostages out, but to take out Hamas, because that is their goal at the end of this. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I think it's going to be a massive military offensive when Israel is ready to stage it. Uh, it's fairly clear that Hamas took these hostages to trickle them out, to complicate and delay and try to stop 
Israel from invading. Hamas knew there'd be a ground invasion. Hamas is ready for one. It's laid traps. There's booby traps. There's tank traps. There's snipers. That's why this is going so slowly. I don't buy the idea that this invasion was delayed because the Biden administration wanted delayed. Netanyahu will invade Gaza when he thinks his military is ready, and I think that time is very soon. General Tata, um, yeah, who with the Biden administration? They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be giving advice to anybody right now. General Tata, what are your thoughts this evening? Yeah, well, I agree with you uh, there. I, what, what I and I agree with Fred. Uh, the the uh, IDF has been uh, developing plans. Uh, they've been moving logistics into place. All of this takes time. Uh, they've been doing some probing attacks. They've been, as you just showed with John, the engineers going in and doing uh, what we call their mobility function. There's mobility and counter mobility. They've been clearing the way. Uh, there's been uh, the Air Force has been targeting uh, uh, leadership cells. They've been trying to do intelligence preparation of the battlefield where they can find uh, where the uh, Hamas leadership is, where the civilians are and where the hostages might be. And then they've been doing targeted raids on specific infrastructure. Uh, remember, like back in Desert Storm, we did Desert Shield for a long time, several months uh, before we did the ground invasion. So there's all these conditions that have to be set uh, where commanders can be reasonably sure of a chance of success in a very austere PhD level environment. Yeah, let's see, January uh, to February, desert storm. That air campaign took a long time. And then the, well, Fred, do you remember how long that ground war took? I, I think it was several months, but I don't recall. I think General Tata probably knows. But, you know, he makes a very good point that Joe Biden and this administration should not be telling Israel how to conduct this war. And it is. It was leaked today that the U.S. wants to see a surgical strike. Biden has said, don't occupy Gaza. The administration keeps saying, obey the laws of war. That's not what a U.S. we should be saying to a close ally who, who is at war. There should be no daylight between us and Israel, and we should not be publicly criticizing them or leaking criticism to the press at this vital time. Uh, General, I think the big question on a lot of our viewers' minds is the U.S. Are we at risk right now? Yeah, I think so. You think about all the intelligence failures under the Biden administration. They miss the Taliban in Afghanistan 100 percent, swing and a miss. They missed uh, Russia, Ukraine. They offered Zelensky a ride out on the eve of the invasion. So they had no read of what was happening there. And, and they never they didn't provide the MIGs. Uh, they were slow to come around on all that. They completely missed this. Uh, and we have intelligence sharing arrangements with with Israel. And and so our U.S. intelligence missed it as well. So what's the fourth big miss that we that hasn't come home to roost yet? And that's the border. And so if they're this incompetent globally and we know they're incompetent on the border, uh, one can only imagine what kind of uh, personnel uh, means of, uh, of you know war have been smuggled across the border. And I, I think that this administration, by extension, this country has a real issue uh, that uh, domestically, instead of focusing on Catholics, uh, on PTA moms and, and uh, you know, dividing the country between those that support the former president and those that support Biden, uh, we, there ought to be some kind of unity of purpose here 
to protect our citizens. But at the end of the day, this president, he's craven. He cares about power. He cares about his personal aggrandizement. And uh, I think what we're seeing here is just, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it, they they are coming to this party late uh, about uh, they were equivocating on on Hamas up until yesterday. And they were refused to mention Iran until yesterday. So finally, uh, they must have done a poll that huh. said that they needed to do this. If I could put up a map of uh, Gaza, it's such a small place. Uh, it's easy to forget. We talk about it like it's a huge country. It's uh, it's very small. I think it's 25 miles long. Yeah, 25 miles long, seven miles wide. Uh, but a lot of people in there. You know, the ground war turns out the Gulf War actually only lasted about four days. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, uh, Fred, uh, that would be very optimistic to think that somehow the ground uh, operation uh, would be over fairly quickly. Uh, I, I don't think it would be. Do you? I, I think there's probably going to be an operation that lasts months. The Israeli government is not in any hurry. They know Hamas is ready for an invasion. And Israel is not going to do what Hamas expects. It's going to take tactics that were not expected. It's going to go slower. Uh, it's going to move when the world doesn't think it's going to move. And probably uh, Hamas will think the battle is over when it's not really over, when Israel will, will keep fighting. Fred Flights and General Tata, we thank you so much for your insight. Uh, we'll be checking back with you a bit later. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, team. All right. Our special coverage continues. Uh, we're all over this war. And, uh, well, you may have noticed who we're rooting for, uh, Israel. We'll be right back. Okay, you are looking live at the Gaza Strip from a camera stationed in Israel. We are anticipating this major ground uh, invasion of Gaza by Israeli forces. Now, we're told by our reporter and everything else seems to indicate that it has not happened yet. There are probing operations, shaping operations. Uh, there are limited engagements, uh, but perhaps more intense than anything we've seen recently. This has been going on since uh, October 7th. And uh, this is not the big ground invasion that we're all looking for, but uh, something is happening. Although you can see right now, those who remember, say, the Gulf War in 1991, this is not shock and awe or the invasion of Iraq, at least um, optically right now. It looks, from this perspective, uh, fairly quiet, but uh, we are a long way away. We are. Um, earlier today, though, the United Nations made it fairly clear that they want a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel uh, the United States, however, the U.K. voting no, uh, the U.S. making it clear they do not want to draw any sort of red line for Israel. And they 100 percent support what they're doing by uh, invading Gaza and taking out Hamas. Meanwhile, New York's Grand Station, Grand Central Station, has been shut down tonight. That's because of a massive uprising, a uh, protest that's happening there in support of Palestinians. Um, we don't know yet when it'll be able to open, when people will be able to continue uh, riding trains and getting home. I mean, this is just absolutely blocking a lot of people from living their lives. All right. We'd like to bring in uh, Blaine Holt, the retired Brigadier General and Newsmax contributor. He's a former C-17 combat pilot and a military intellectual, as well as Waleed Farris, Newsmax foreign policy uh, analyst. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, Blaine, this is not the big one, right? It, it's pretty close to it. You know, Israel wants to reserve the right at all times to say this wasn't the offensive because they only get one chance at this thing. They've actually been doing probing operations for about four days now. What makes this different 
is that the bunker busters have come in and they have so increased the level of violence and preparation that, you know, it, it is happening. This this is what it is. But they but the information war is a brutal battlefield all unto itself. And so they need to retain the, the ability in case things go bad here to be able to say, no, there's more to come, and there is more to come. They've got incredible forces there. But but bunker busters don't go in as just a way to send a message to Hamas. This is this is a committal of, of IDF forces. Uh, Mr. Ferris, I, I want to ask you, so there's this d giant tunnel system uh, underneath Gaza. I mean, that's got to make this really complicated on the Israeli army to try to get in there and take them out. Obviously, this is actually the best production of Hamas. They have been using the tunnels for the last 20 years. They have perfected them. They have a whole system. Iran spent a lot of money. Part of that money went for in, uh, infrastructure and defense lines underground. Uh, it, it is pretty large. The Israelis, the U.S., the intelligence services, they know how large it is. But the mere idea that, uh, you know, infantry is going to go in and clash with the, with the Hamas fighters is to the advantage of Hamas. But the Israelis have different ways and means. First of all, they could cut all the supply to these areas. And second of all, don't forget that, as I witnessed uh, many, many years ago, when the Israelis surrounded West Beirut, I was there, I witnessed this, and the PLO was on the inside, the Israelis were able to surround, move inch by inch, and then open another front. So all the optics went somewhere else while they were able to do the last quarter uh, against the PLO. Uh, hey, Blaine, the uh, the administration, the Biden administration leaked to The New York Times that uh, maybe Israel does not have achievable military uh, goals and it's not achievable to eradicate Hamas. Uh, the wrong message, I believe, at the wrong time. Um, but do they have a point? Is it achievable? Can you eliminate Hamas? You, you can. And it is achievable. And we've been talking about these missions for back to when I was in uniform and I was working on the uh, Defense of Israel plan as the logistics chief for all of Europe. The, 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 the thing that's stunning here is when you think about our most important ally in the region and the best communications we can come up with is a leaked comment to the Times to say that we don't think our ally knows what they're doing, especially coming off the heels where we mismanaged the end of Afghanistan. We failed to deter a very deterrable war in Ukraine. And, and now here we are with this. It's very irresponsible, and it only makes it harder on, on Israel to get their uh, goals achieved. I mean, you kind of just brought up another massive point there. Is there's still another war going on in Ukraine, uh, and Russia has uh, allegedly been testing um, their nuclear weapons. Does that freak you out at all? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if you think about what's happening right now, nobody's looking at what's going on in Ukraine Ukraine could fall into a civil war because they're not achieving anything really on the battlefield right now. They're conscripting young kids to try to get them into the fight because they're in an existential fight all unto themselves. And at the same time, you have the Russians that are now looking at possibly designs on getting back to Kharkov, maybe closing off their uh, coastline. So what did 110 billion and apparently another 60 billion do for us I'll tell you where the problem's been, Christina. It's it's the lack of strategy and coherent goals, and then a completely not present for duty State Department where diplomacy is not not even in the realm of possibility. So 
what I what I'm concerned with is we're taking this battlefield as a supporter of Israel with the wrong comms, no clear goals and definitions, and we're not talking to the American people about what the true risks are. We have a national security risk right here because of our open border as a result of what we see happening overseas. Blaine, thank you very much. Waleed, thank you. Gentlemen, we'll be checking back with you, if you don't mind, throughout the evening. Absolutely. We have to go now to our correspondent, Daniel Cohen. He is in Tel Aviv, standing by. Uh, Daniel, welcome. Uh, how are you? How is Israel tonight? Well, it's quiet where I'm standing right now. I'm in the Tel Aviv area. And uh, Greg and Christina, 420 in the morning, just want to say good to be with you. U.S. and Israeli officials are saying tonight's ground incursion in Gaza is not the large-scale retaliatory strike for the October 7th surprise massacre. For the last two nights, Israeli tanks have carried out limited missions. Uh, Israeli airstrikes killed five Hamas commanders overnight Thursday alone. The IDF says the operation is expanding. That's what they're saying. But Israel is still doing, and they're still in the phase. They're called they're doing shaping missions. They're preparing the ground. They're knocking down some of the large buildings, knocking down some potential, you know, uh, obstacles where, where there could be some elevation, people shooting down at Israeli forces there. But basically, they're preparing for a larger future operation. Now, Hamas says it's ready for Israel's offensive. One of the top terror leaders threatened on Telegram tonight, Israeli forces, that they will be swallowed up by the land of Gaza. Israeli tanks, we understand, moved into Gaza. Israeli forces exchanged gunfire with Hamas. Israel's army continues to pummel underground targets while rocket barrages uh, have leveled the south and the center. Israel is still, even with all that said, trying to protect Gaza civilians, warning them even tonight to evacuate from the northern part of the Gaza Strip. We already told you phone and Internet have been cut. Electricity, water, you know those things are limited. And just a few hours ago, we learned Hamas main operations center is under a hospital, Shifa Hospital. And why are they doing that? Because Hamas prefers to use human shields. The IDF even released satellite imagery. And that may come as no surprise since Hamas uses things like mosques to store its weaponry, residential apartment buildings uh, for another layer of protection. So, Christina, Greg, as I send it back to you, I just want to say there's major concern for the 220 or so hostages still in captivity. At least 10 are believed to be American. And I know it's dark. You probably can't see behind me, but I've been reporting here all day. There are sites. There's 220 empty chairs behind me. They're empty because it's a painful reminder. Friday, Saturday, that's Shabbat when families get together, religious and non-religious in Israel for, for meal, for dinner. And um, there are people missing. There are loved ones who are missing. There are loved ones who are in Gaza right now. And there's teddy bears and there's children's. I just saw a nine-month-old's photo here. They have a photo pa uh, pasted and stuck on each chair here. Holocaust survivors over here. So, again, this is not the major offensive, but we're getting, it feels like, one step, a major step closer uh, to that coming. Greg and Christina, back to you. David, thank you very much. And people are okay with that, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not running out of patience. It's not like this should have happened yesterday. They understand in Israel. Everybody kind of knows the military. Most of the people served in the military, right? They're okay yeah, with this. Everyone they're not, they're not impatient. Correct. Yeah, everyone here serves and everyone understands it. I, I, um, you know, you ask how you're doing to an Israeli. I'm an Israeli and American. Most people say the same thing. They say, you know, there's not a good, there's not a bad. Everybody knows. And, um, like even Fred Flight said, I think when, when Prime Minister Netanyahu decides we're ready, now is the time, 
they will go ahead and move forward. But, you know, we're talking 18, 19, 20-year-olds, uh, uh, right? So everybody knows and everybody understands what's coming could be a very bloody offensive. But also, everyone understands you can't root out Hamas with an airstrike. You know, they have to, they have to physically go in to remove them. And Israel is still trying to do the humane thing here, despite people on the other side saying no. They're telling civilians leave. They, Hamas is blocking the roadway. Uh, Egypt won't let them through the corridor, that Rafah crossing, right? But Israel is still saying, get out of Gaza City, get out of this main area, flee to the south. They're going to go in and do what they have to do when uh, the military leaders and when the war cabinet says the time is right. Daniel, thank you so much. I've been thinking so much of you and your family and for your safety. Uh, we appreciate all that you're doing over there. Thank all you. Right, stay with us for our special coverage on the war in Israel. We'll be right back. Newsmax shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. All right, big news. Multiple sources reporting that the main mass shooter who may have killed 18 people at least was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. We're hearing reports Robert Card was found dead in Lisbon, Maine, near Recycling Center, where he used to work in the same clothes he had on during the shootings that took place on Wednesday. Maine officials have lifted the shelter-in-place order. Uh, that was uh, issued after the shooting. We're hearing that there's a press conference scheduled for uh, about a half hour from now. We will continue to be um, following the story. And, uh, wow, it's big. The, uh, the guy is dead. Robert Card. Uh, details to follow. Christina. All right, now back to the war in Israel. The U.S. telling Iran, don't you dare use this as an excuse to attack American troops throughout the region. We're turning now to our very own Tom Basili at the map wall to break it all down. Tom. All right. Tonight, as we have been discussing, Israel has clearly stepped up its attacks on Gaza as they prepared for what may be a full ground invasion to come in short order. Let's take a look at the lay of the land right now. Now, remember, this area right here, Gaza, is larger than Manhattan. And before the war was home to more than two million people, very densely populated. And of course, underneath, as we've been talking about, this city has a deep, extensive network of tunnels. Those tunnels underlie hospitals, houses of worship, schools, and of course, apartment buildings. It's like a spider web that covers the entire city. That's exactly why Israel has been leafleting the area, imploring Gaza residents to leave over the last several weeks. Much of the bombardment that we have seen so far from Israel has been in the northern part of the Gaza area here. Now, all of this is happening under the backdrop of a number of what appear to be coordinated attacks on U.S. forces and U.S. positions in the Middle East. Within the last 10 days since the beginning of the war, the U.S. has seen over a dozen drone and rocket attacks from Iranian proxies, resulting in more than 20 U.S. casualties in a variety of different areas. Uh, in, 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 including U.S. military personnel and contractors. And the Biden administration has moved significant naval and air assets into the region, presumably to defend those positions and help Israel, including two uh, large carrier battle groups. And here's what the Pentagon had to say about it just yesterday when asked. We know that the groups conducting these attacks are supported by uh, the IRGC. Uh, and the Iranian regime. What we are seeing is the prospect for more significant escalation 
against U.S. forces and personnel across the region uh, in the very near term coming from Iranian proxy forces and ultimately from Iran. President Biden has ordered a strike within the past 24 hours targeting the southeast corner of Syria near the Iraqi border in retaliation for the attacks on U.S. positions. But the big questions, Greg and Christina, was that really enough to prevent other attacks on U.S. interests? And how could those assets now be used to engage Iran or Iranian proxies who might also engage Israel? Back to you. All right. Many thanks to you, Tom Basili. Thank you. All right, let's bring in Mark Geist. He was a member of the Benghazi Annex security team and co-author of 13 Hours. You helped to rescue 85 people this month from Israel. How did you do that? Um, you know, for me, I got to give it to the Lord. It was his grace that allowed it to happen and uh, just move things um, and allowed things to work in a way that it, we could get them in. It was a group out of North Dakota that had been... Uh, stuck in Bethlehem on their fourth day, um, Saturday when the rockets came in, was their fourth day of their tour. And they were really pretty much uh, kind of frozen in place. They didn't know what to do. They weren't getting much information. Um, the State Department had told them, stay in place, hold there. There's not, a, they, you know, State Department's evaluating what's going on. And they told them, wait till we call you to figure out what our next move is. Um, a friend of mine, his sister was part of that group. She had reached out to him, and so he had reached out to me. Um, I was able to make a few phone calls, contact some people I know that are in Israel, uh, work with them, gather more information for this group. Their choices were either to go to Tel Aviv and wait to fly out. Um, mm -hmm. All the information that I was getting at that time was that the airport was going to close down that limited flights were going to be in and out of there, and most likely they would get stuck in Tel Aviv. Um, we also found out that which border into Jordan was the best one to cross, and my advice to them was, you know, here are your options. I would take the land route. You could get out of uh, Israel and get into Jordan and make your way to Amman and get out. And um, I think them as a group chose to come together um, after some initial dis discussions over it and they were able to make it across the uh, Jordanian border and into Amman. Wow. You know, uh, Mark, the uh, media, uh, this is how they portray what's unfolding over there. There is a particular emphasis on what's happening on the Gaza side. I'd like you to listen and watch, please. Good day. I'm Andrea Mitchell in Washington, where the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is worsening by the day. No electricity, no water, no Internet. We can't communicate or know what's going on. Seriously, this is not a life. In Gaza itself, where there really is a humanitarian crisis that is unfolding because there is no fuel, there is uh, almost no water available for people to drink and bathe with, and uh, no food coming in through the border because of the Israeli blockade. You know, Mark, they uh, seem to overlook the initial terrorist attack that brought on this overall conflict. But you've been there overall. Uh, how do you grade the coverage? How do you rate it? Are they are they over the top for one side? What are your thoughts? You know, it's it kind of flabbergasted me that um, our media is so pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. Um, um, you know, the Palestinian people, I feel for them. I pray for them because they are being used as pawns in a proxy war between Iran and Israel. Iran has always said what their goal is, is to destroy Israel. 
in the last, uh, since 1937, I believe it was, there's been three times that the Palestinians have been offered um, a two-state option, and it's always been turned down because they want the whole area. And our media is choosing to pick a side, I think, of Hamas, um, or at least, if not pick a side, they're really promoting more of one than the other. And that's really, un that's, that's really uh, uncalled for, I think. Mark Geis, we appreciate it. And uh, wow, well done uh, helping all those people. Thank you, sir. Thank you. True American hero. All right, stick with us. Stick with us. We'll be right back. No blind rhetoric. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. All right, as Israel enters its third week of its war against Hamas, Israel earlier today rejected that call for a ceasefire in Gaza, which was approved by the United Nations General Assembly, a move that Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen called despicable. But the Palestinian Authority has welcomed the overwhelming support, not, however, from the U.S. Let's check back in with Newsmax senior correspondent John Huddy. John, what's the latest over there? Oh, Christina, I'm, I'm still hearing the sounds of explosions in the distance. I'm kind of watching behind me every now and again. The sky will light up. I'm hearing helicopters. I'm not hearing so much fighter jets anymore, uh, but I'm hearing the constant sound of what sounds like uh, cannon fire from tanks, possibly offshore naval vessels firing upon positions from the coastline as well. This is the IDF once again has launched a ground assault, sending forces across the border into Gaza. This is the second time now in as many days that the idf has launched launches ground assault overnight thursday they said tanks apcs the d9 the heavy combat engineering vehicles to clear out the fence as you're seeing in the video there to clear out landmines uh those apcs that you're seeing there uh tanks that we saw earlier in the week that were on the move outside of Sturrode, uh pushing in on thursday about a kilometer so roughly around a half a mile across the border into Gaza. I'm really interested, Christina and Greg, to see how far they went uh, tonight and this morning, if they pushed a little bit further, essentially paving the way possibly for ground troops as part of this major ground operation. That is not what we're seeing. This is basically an enhanced ground offensive, according to the IDF. We've been waiting for this massive ground offensive, but these are essentially raids where the IDF or ground assaults are sending contingent of armored vehicles, a column of armored vehicles, tanks, APCs, the D9s, combat engineers, and then ground troops to push in there, take out Hamas infrastructure, rocket launch sites, anti-tank missile sites, and also the entrances of tunnels to pick up possibly any indication or intelligence of where those hostages, uh, more than 200 hostages, may be at this point. Guys, back to you. All right, John Huddy, thanks a lot. Hey, John, do you have a helmet just in case, right? I haven't seen you in a helmet tonight. Uh, I, I do. I got it. Okay, good. Phew. Right <laughs> just all right. <laughs> we would have made arrangements Thanks, right man. away. FedEx, uh, uh, John, thank you. Continued safety <laughs> right. for you and your crew. We are joined now by Amir Fakhravar. He is with the National Iranian Congress. That is a political group that is a proponent of regime change in Iran. Uh, good evening, sir. Um, Iran, they've got their fingerprints all over this thing. Are they cheering tonight? Are they worried tonight? Um, thank you for having me. Um, uh, it's, let, let's uh, be clear. As a Wall Street Journal in their article yesterday, they mentioned more than 500 uh, Hamas terrorists, they have been 
under training by IRGC in Iran a couple of weeks before October 7 terror attack in Israel. And uh, officially, that was Iran's job four months ago, the um, head of uh, Hamas, Ismail Haniyeh, and the head of uh, Islamic Jihad movement, um, Ziad Nohale, they were in uh, Tehran sitting with Iranian supreme leader, and they have been planning. That was the time uh, Biden administration decided to release six billion dollars to Iranian regime. They were there to get their um, chunk from that money. But the Iran, yes, definitely is everywhere. I know it better than anybody else. I have been subject of um, uh, the um, target of uh, um, assassination by IRGC since 2019. And since then, I'm under FBI um, um, protection. And the October 3rd, four days before Hamas's attack, FBI in Houston, Texas, called me and said, Amir, this weekend, be careful. We are tracking some conversation in IRGC's communication, and they are planning for something big, a terror plot somewhere, and we are worried about you. And the October 6th, um, it was even evening, um, Friday, the FBI came to my house, and they asked the entire my family to leave the house immediately. They had us in a safe house for three, three days, and a couple of hours later, the attack happened. You know what? The Biden administration, they are, they are saying they couldn't find any direct um, evidence that Iran was part of it. FBI has the direct evidence because they have been tracking the communication of IRGC. They can't, the Biden administration cannot say we didn't see uh, Iran's fingerprint. And Biden definitely cannot go and bomb some uh, unoccupied proxy warehouse in Syria, uh, as uh, Senator Tom Cotton said, to say, oh, we did the job. Yeah, we sent the message to Iran. No, the way is to destroy Hamas in Gaza and then go and destroy entire IRGC, all Iranian nuclear facilities. We don't need the ground invasion in Iran because Iranian people, 85 million Iranian people, they are there. They will finish the job to destroy Iranian mullahs, small group of fanatic mullahs in power. Yeah. Just we yeah. need the IRGC to be destroyed. Then the people will finish the job. The last word, the Iranian people are totally different from the people in entire Middle East. The Iranian people, we love United States. We love it, and we love them. We know the Ayatollahs are totally radical and weird, and we want them to go as well. Amir, I got to run. To be continued, though, sir, I admire your knowledge and passion. Thank you, sir. All right. Yesterday at the United Nations, we also are continuing that talk about how the U.S. was one of the only countries to say that they stand with Israel. We want to continue this conversation, but first we have to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. Look, this is brand new video into Newsmax. It's an elite Navy unit engaging uh, targets in Gaza. It looks like uh, some sort of uh, uh, depot, a loading port, and it's obviously a nighttime mission, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Let's face it, uh, an elite Navy. Actually, this is they're, they're calling this the Israeli Navy SEALs team, and they destroyed uh, some infrastructure around a uh, port. So we. Um, well, we congratulate them on what appears to have been a successful mission. It's pretty incredible. Let's bring in retired Colonel Bill Connor and Major Glenn Ignacio to talk about this. Uh, I want to go first to you, Colonel. How important of a mission is this? And also, how elite is this unit? 
Sure. I mean, first of all, the uh, the mission's importance can't be. Uh, I, I can't speak enough to it. Um, right now, the first of all, the challenge of it. We already talked about the tunnels. We talked about the civilian infrastructure. We talked about the hostages. Something we've talked about too is is the numbers of what they're facing. Not just Hamas, but 150 Hezbollah up north, and they've called up 300,000 reservists at this point. Um, you know, if you think about the uh, the numbers that are needed to go into um, urban areas, in, in Stalingrad, sucked up an entire army of the Russian army, and Grozny, it sucked up a major part of the Russian army. This could be something that sucks up a number of uh, Israeli troops. So doing these special operations raids are really critical right now to do all they can to prepare for the actual ground assault, assault itself, taking out critical infrastructure, taking out the uh, major key, key figures, making it so that they don't need to send as many troops um, as they might otherwise have into Gaza. It's going to be tough. It is going to be just gra grueling, grounding uh, ground assault uh, and worrying about Hezbollah from coming up north as well as the uh, responsibilities in uh, in the West Bank. So these special operations raids, these special operations hits, incredibly important right now, overall. And, sir, to your colleague, uh, I mean, this is not the big invasion that we thought it would be. I feel like we're going to have a couple of these before, before the main event. Uh, is that your sense as well? It could be a week, two, maybe maybe shorter. What's your sense of the timing right now? Yeah, I think that this is a, definitely a buildup. And it, what, what happens is this type of probing and operation, what it does is it causes Hamas to come out and be able to highlight where they are. You see Israel has basically wiped out the electronic uh, area where they're not able to communicate. That's one of the things to disrupt. The other thing is a lot of times I think people are thinking that it's going to enter in one particular point within Gaza. It's not. It's going to be multiple points, and that includes air, land, and sea. They dominate the air because Hamas doesn't have any air defense systems that are really anything of significance. And the other thing is you'll see helicopters bringing in troops because the more they're able to do that, the less booby traps and so forth they may have to deal with traversing the land and, and hitting certain spots. So I think that this is a, a definitely initial probe. I think they'll expand over time, and then we'll see exactly how they progress through the area to take out Hamas and the infrastructure, especially the weapons depots, and find out where those tunnels are. All right, Colonel Bill Connor and Major Glenn Ignazio, thank you for joining us tonight. And you at home, don't go anywhere because we have a lot more to discuss on the war in Israel. So we're wrapping up our coverage uh, for this hour, but it will continue throughout the night with Tom and Lydia. Let's look live right now at Gaza, and uh, you can see it's, well, it looks kind of uneventful there, but uh, that's rather deceiving. We know that operations continue, but it's not the big one that we're uh, anticipating. No. no, and I mean, that's, I think, the biggest takeaway from tonight is I had also thought it was going to be a sort of let's all barge into Gaza from one area. I, I didn't realize that it was going to be a, a whole bunch of different ground operations happening at the same time. So we are anxiously awaiting to see what that will look like when it does happen. Yeah, it's complex. And it's interesting. You know, you think you can beat the enemy from the air and uh, you got these big jets, you've got these big guns and uh, you always have to go in with troops at the end of the day. Uh, well, air... Especially when they're underground in tunnels. Mm -hmm. Well, we have those bunker busters, but uh, sure. you don't want to hurt civilians and we don't want to hurt those hostages. So listen, thank you for joining us. We're going to turn things over now to uh, Tom Basili and Lydia Serrani.